Hey everyone, and welcome to Scrambling with Dylan Otto, a podcast where the listeners can hear, learn, and laugh about my life in the golf world and other numerous topics with guests on the show. Tune in every week for insight and enjoy the show. Scrambling with Dylan Otto is sponsored by our friends over at Putt View Books. Putt View Books makes yardage and green books that are used by the best junior, college, amateur, and professional golfers in the world and are designed with the assistance of world-renowned golf coach Phil Canyon and can be made for over 30,000 golf courses. The amount of precision that's put into each yardage and green book is impeccable and Cordy from Golf Science Lab says they're clear, simple, and very useful. If you want a yardage or green book, head over to their website at puttviewbooks.com and check them out on Instagram at puttviewbooks. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Scrambling with Delonado, featuring CSU Bakersfield head women's golf coach, Tiffany Abbott. Tiffany, welcome. Thanks for having me, Dylan. I appreciate it. Absolutely. It's really great to get you on the podcast here to kind of hear your journey. It was great meeting at the Bakersfield Open. And I've, I've seen that, you know, follow the, that you follow the podcast for a little bit. And so it's really cool to have you on here and hear your story. Yeah, I'm super stoked and just super excited to, to be on. So thank you again for having me. Absolutely. You know, how have things been lately before we get into the questions, you know, with Bakersfield, you ladies just got back from a tournament, kind of. Tell me how have things been? Yeah, things have been great uh, in year two with Cal State Bakersfield. So just trying to, you know, establish a good culture and just kind of get a good footing with the program. And we kind of just had a really good glimpse of what this team is capable of at this past tournament. So it was really cool to just have them play to their potential and shoot our lowest team score and finish with a top five team finish. Just kind of a full circle moment, uh, especially for some of my returners because it's they've seen this program when I came on and we've been at some very low points. So this has been kind of our, our highest point as a program so far. So it was a good feeling and a kind of good moment for our program to just feel like, you know, it's all blind faith in a sense of like, is this working? Are we doing the right things? Right. We have the right pieces. So to have this kind of moment happen, it's like, okay, it's there. The talent is there, which I always knew. It's just yeah, that, that blind faith. So it was a, it was a good tournament and a good uh, moment for our program. Yeah. And I mean, that's, you know, that's kind of the game of golf, you know, there's going to be, you know, the, the lows, the lows will be low and the highs will be high in the game of golf. Yeah. But uh, it is nice to see, like you said, though, that work that you're putting in with your players and the, work that your players are putting in that it's uh that you guys got that finish and stuff it's always it's always good to to see that so yeah it was awesome good deal well I'm glad that things are you know going smooth at Bakersfield for you but you know I always like to kind of start the questions off with where are you from and how'd you get into the game of golf yeah so I'm from Omaha Nebraska and I think I got into the game of golf like almost every every junior golfer by their dad Uh uh-huh yeah (laughs) I just kind of grew up with golf was always on the TV. He was always playing and kind of grew up with with plastic clubs. And I just try to emulate and copy what I saw on TV and my dad. So I was just always around it. And, you know, the first time he took me out to the course, I was seven years old. And I think I just fell in love with it right away. And I just kind of just kept at it. So yeah, I mean, that's it's just so addicting. Like whenever you get into the game of golf or you hit, you know, you hit that one shot and you're just like, mm-hmm. OK, like I'm set. This is it. 
yeah but just keeps you keeps you coming back for sure oh yeah definitely definitely but you know it's cool to be able to grow up at such a young age playing the game of golf like that and kind of be involved with it um you know and i mean being from omaha nebraska you're at bakersfield california like just a long ways from home so i got a lot of questions about that um but um yeah kind of I mean, as you got older and stuff, kind of talk about, you know, as your game evolved with junior golf and high school golf and, you know, where'd you go to high school and play? Yeah, I just um, like I said, as soon as I started playing, I just had a, a deep passion for it and I just enjoyed it. Yeah. And every second I had to to go play, I just wanted to compete and, and get better. So that was kind of just the foundation of what got me to this point and through college and things like that. So just kind of played junior golf. I, I started in the first tee mm-hmm. of Omaha. So yeah. that was a really big foundation for me in a sense of who I was as a player, as a young person, um, just having some good core values. And I credit my parents just because, you know, growing up, they worked super hard to, you know, put all of my my siblings and I through Catholic school and, and things like that. So there wasn't a whole lot of extra funds for, for golf. So yeah, yeah. The first tee was a really great opportunity for me to be able to to travel and compete and play in some tournaments that I might not have otherwise got to play in. Yeah. So that was kind of my, my junior golf days. And then from there, it was just, you know, playing in, in high school, mm-hmm. uh, played for Omaha Burke high school. All right. Yeah. So that was a, a, a pretty cool journey. And I just knew that I wanted to play at the highest level that I could. Mm-hmm. Um, I think as a little kid, my, my first real dream was to play on tour and, and compete at the highest level. But Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like every kid dreams, you know? Yeah, but, of course. Yeah. I know yeah. what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. But I knew I wanted to compete in, in, in college and, and play um, really at, at any any level it really didn't matter to me it was just I just want the opportunity to compete mm-hmm. so you know playing through high school I got lucky enough to compete at some some big tournaments nothing like junior golf these days where it's like you're on a, a tour and eight right. events I, I I could never I guess do that but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, got to play in a lot of Nebraska Junior Golf Association tournaments and through the first tee and then, yeah, that was kind of, I guess, my high school uh, career and then eventually gone on to play college. Yeah, I mean, the first tee is, is such a great program. You know, I've had a lot of podcasts alum on that, that, you know, first tee really shaped them into not only the golfer, but the person they are as well. So it's yeah. it's really cool to be a part of something like first tee and, you know, it, just to hear how you grew up and stuff. And yeah, I mean, the junior golf nowadays is is insane. I mean, I never did the AJGA circuit stuff either, but it's it's mm-hmm. pretty intense with some of the you know, some of the players I've had on, you know, it's, it's really intense. So, Um, but I mean, Hey, it doesn't mean, doesn't mean if you got there and, you know, play good golf and stuff that the coaches aren't going to find you. So, I mean, that's uh, that, that's for sure. And um, I mean, tell me a little bit about like your recruiting process and stuff. And I know you said you, you would, you wanted to play college golf, you know, kind of tell me about that. Yeah. So in high school, I just remember reaching out to as many coaches as I could. Um, It's nothing, like the recruiting process that it is now and you know the things that I get now it's like you have these edited videos you have these <laughs> yeah well done resumes which is great mm-hmm. but I just want the information I just want to get to the kid like who are you as a person you know yeah, yeah. all that stuff is great but yeah who are you mm-hmm. so I mean for me I just remember I, I think I took my phone or some sort of camera and mm-hmm. I just 
you know, took a video of my swing on the range, uploaded it to YouTube, and I created just kind of a, a golf resume and emailed it to every coach I could think of from the D3 to the D1 level, anyone I could think of. And just, yeah. again, I just wanted the opportunity to compete. So whatever that looked like, I just wanted to find what was the best opportunity for me. So I guess that was kind of the the journey of recruiting. It's just trying to reach out and find the best the best fit. Yeah. And I, and sending mass emails like that is just such a great way to go about it. And like you did, you know, getting a video together, a resume together, that's exactly what, you know, that's exactly what I was told to do as well. So it's a, uh, but no, it's cool though, to hear that, you know, you just mass emailed them. I mean, what are they going to say? Like, no, you just yeah. never know. So you, you might as well send the emails. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you ultimately committed to Missouri Western State University to play college golf. Tell me about your decision to go play at Missouri Western and, you know, what were you looking for in a university when you were going through the recruiting process? Yeah, I think I think this is the coach answer, but <laughs> but really it was the culture. I wanted a team that wanted to compete. Mm -hmm. It was never about what can I get at this university? You know, what do you what are the uniforms like? Things like that. Well, all that stuff is, you know, fun and part of the experience. Again, for me, it was I want a team that is competitive, is disciplined, and they want to fight and vie for a conference championship or a national championship appearance. Mm -hmm. um, and Missouri Western, it's a Division II school. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they weren't really perceived as the kind of school that could achieve something like that. Mm -hmm. But the culture and the people that were there it was, I guess, a gut feeling, if you will. It was yeah. just a feeling that these people here are genuine and they work hard and they kind of had the same vision and passion that I did. And that was really what sold me. It was, again, this blind faith that I just have a good feeling that this is the right fit. Um, and that's how I operate as a person, as as a coach now with recruiting and yeah. just things in general. So I guess just that gut feeling kind of served me right because it was a really good experience that I'll still take with me for the rest of my life. Yeah. And I mean, it's nice to have that kind of gut feeling, like you said, that you, you just kind of knew it. I mean, that's what, um, you know, people I, I have on the podcast as well. Whenever you get that feeling, you kind of know that that's, that's going to be your home kind of. So yeah. that is nice to have. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, just kind of talk about your years playing at Missouri Western. And I know there's something really big we want to talk about, but I want to just kind of hear through your eyes, you know, or through. I want to hear through kind of your experiences. What was your time like at Missouri Western? Yeah, my time at Missouri Western was pretty, pretty special. It was very, I'll say, formidable and, and transformational. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was a lot of learning and becoming self-aware of who I was as a person and a golfer as well. You know, there was a lot of really great experiences on the course and off the course that I think just, you know, really made me who I am today. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it was, a, again, a program where, you know, we weren't perceived as a very competitive program. It was a program and, and a university where it was, you do the best with what you have. Mm -hmm. And that's every program I've ever played for or coached at. And I think that's what's made me who I am as a coach and as a player. It's like, again, it doesn't matter what you have. It's, you know, what can you do with what you have? Exactly. And 
we our program really proved that in a sense of like again the resources weren't there but mm-hmm. it was the passion was there the work ethic was there so for me that was like the recipe for us to be successful mm-hmm. my freshman year i remember when i made it to a tournament mm-hmm. i got my first you know christmas gear day and it yeah. was one polo yeah oh wow one polo, one polo. uh-huh one polo. and if you do that in today's world in college <laughs> athletics you know that kid will not be coming back next year i don't think uh-huh right but for me i was like it wasn't even a, a thought it was just like okay like i just want to get to the tournament i just want to compete yeah so i mean for me again it was that's the kind of program it was at the time my freshman year but all of us were just on the same page of like let's go compete let's just try to turn this program around and the resources will come when we earn it when we compete right luckily enough it you know a year later it it, things turned around when you start to you know approve results and and can can do some things so but yeah it was a a very good experience I think that really again just made me who I am as a person and I think as a coach absolutely and it's it it, I think whenever you said that um you know you had all these players that you might not have had all the resources yet you you ladies were determined and you wanted to go out there and compete like you can do wonders with, with players like that. So yeah, yeah, it's pretty special. And I mean, something that I I really want to touch on is, you know, while you were playing at Missouri Western, you made the putt to get the team into their first ever national championship. I mean, that's gotta be a moment you will never (laughs) forget that program will never forget. That's gotta be the biggest thing for that, for that program. You know, tell me about just that round and what you, what it felt like over that putt and after you made the putt, what, what were those emotions like? Yeah, I think it that was a moment in a week in a tournament that I think every athlete, every college golfer dreams of having. Yeah. Oh, and I never thought that it would happen to me or to my team. Mm-hmm. But again, that's why you practice. You know, you you're on the putting green like this putt is for the national championship. This right. The Masters. You know. Yeah. What you work for in the moments that no one is watching you or no one is thinking that you're working hard. Mm-hmm. So in a sense of, it was just trust of, I have done my due diligence to get to this moment. Mm-hmm. It was just a sense of trust when it got to that moment of, Hey, I did everything I could to get to this moment mm-hmm. and I enjoy it and do my best and whatever happens happens. And that was kind of my mentality. That tournament was, I mean, all spring I was, to be honest, struggling just to give my team a, a, a counting score. Mm-hmm. And we were just grateful and lucky to make it to our first team regional appearance. Mm-hmm. So at that point, that tournament, my mentality was, again, I'm just grateful to be here. So I'm just going to do my best and whatever happens, happens. Yeah, And I, that's the mentality you always have to have of, you know, just do your best. And, you know, if you fall short, we're back to the drawing board. Let's get back to work. But at that point, you know, you've already done your, your work to, to get there. Mm-hmm. So that tournament was really special because not only because of that putt, but that whole week, that whole tournament, I think every single person on our team hit a PR, like had their personal best round. Nice. So it was just so special to have it really truly be a team effort. Mm-hmm. Everyone played well and 
Um, I think it was a combination of the hard work that the whole team had put in all year, but a little bit of luck from the golf gods. That yeah. Week. Hey, so hey, you got to take it when you it. can. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We will take it. So it was a really special week. And again, I just remember that, that, that final round, we were tied for third mm-hmm. um, and they take the top three teams from regionals to go to the national tournament. Mm-hmm. So we, we knew it was at stake. And I'd be lying if I said I wasn't nervous. That of final course. Round. And I was trying so hard to just stay in the present and just take care of what was right in front of me. But my mind was time traveling to the outcome. And are we going to make it to nationals? Is what we're doing enough? Is my Are my teammates performing? Am I not performing enough? You know, all the thoughts were going on in my head, but I just had to fight to stay in the present. And there was just a a sense of calmness that again, I was just going to accept whatever happened. Cause again, I was just going to do my best and whatever happened, happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember walking up the final hole and every team was watching. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and again, it was a moment that I think every college golfer dreams of having. Mm-hmm. And, um, luckily I just was kind of calm. Mm-hmm. My head coach though, was not calm. <laughs> He came up to me. My, I'm walking with our assistant, um, Coach Haley, and uh, Coach Dylan, our head coach, came up to me. And he's like, Tiff, we need this. <laughs> oh, man. I, like, I don't know what that means. Uh-huh. I was like, okay, I got it. You know, message received. And my assistant coach was like, okay, you got to go. Yeah, get out of here. <laughs> get out of here. We got this. <laughs> and um, I just tried not to look at everyone watching. Mm-hmm. And um, my mentality was, let's just get a, a par and get out. And mm-hmm. hope that's enough. Mm-hmm. Luckily, I stuck it to maybe, I think it was about 12 feet. Wow. Right to left. I can still picture it in my head right now. And it just felt like it was just on a on a string the whole way, like a magnet. And it just mm-hmm. was just tracking. And luckily, it went in and everyone went crazy. And my assistant came up and hugged me and just like was crying. And I was like, did we what did we do? Like, yeah, what, what happened? <laughs> what happened? And my team came up and they said that we're going, you know, to a playoff to go to nationals. And I was like, what? Wow. So it was, it was pretty special. It was a pretty cool moment. What an experience. I mean, it's so cool that like you, as you were describing, you could visually see it in your head. Like it's it, that moment is like you said, everybody lives for those moments and nobody will ever be able to take that away from you. That's just congratulations on that coach. That is really cool. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. That- that is so special. And I I love hearing those stories because it's just like, they don't come around very often. And when, you know what I mean? Like whenever you can relive those moments, you're like, yeah, absolutely tell that story. <laughs> yeah. And I think what really made it special was that tournament. Again, no one expected us to be even in the regional tournament. Yeah. yeah. No one expected us to be in a playoff or let alone make it to nationals. So uh-huh. To have made that putt and then to have gone to our program's first ever national championship. Like you said, no one could ever take that away from us. So Wow. That is so cool. Well, congratulations on that, Coach. That is just so cool. And like like I said, I mean, that's not, nobody will ever be able to take that away from you. That's got to be probably, if not, one of the biggest things that program has ever done. So that that's pretty awesome to be that a part of that. Cool. I think it might be the coolest thing I'll ever do. So I'll... oh come on come on (laughs) no that is pretty special though that is pretty pretty special and I mean once once your college career was kind of coming to an end you know what was your plan like post-grad were you thinking about 
you know, wanting to get into coaching right away or were you wanting to maybe kind of explore other options with golf or what was your plan after college? I think I knew I always wanted to have a career in golf. Mm-hmm. I didn't quite know what that looked like. I was struggling with tendonitis at the time. Mm. And to be honest, my game wasn't where it needed to be to try to make it to the tour, which mm-hmm. again, I would have wanted to, but knew I wasn't ready. So in my head at the time, it was, I, I kind of pushed away golf because I didn't think that it was a realistic career. Mm-hmm. I felt like I needed to get a job that, I was expected to get, which I, I gotcha. Did. Uh-huh. So I did the big girl marketing, sales, healthcare job, and um, did that for just short of a year, and just thought about golf like every single, every single day, and just being part of a team is what I wanted to, you know, do as a mm-hmm. career. So yeah. coaching, I just kind of took a leap of faith and tried to pursue that, and luckily I did because. Mm-hmm. And I would not be here talking to you if I if I didn't. So there you go. I mean, it's everything happens for a reason. And it's just so cool to hear that. I mean, I've had other people on the podcast too that, you know, they go into the business world and it's like, okay, this is you just you, you you catch it. Yeah, this is this just ain't doing it for me. So yeah. um, but it's nice that golf is always there, you know. It's not like um, you know, kind of a majority of other sports where you can't really you know, play it after college or something for the rest of your life, you know, golf is always there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, at, you know, after kind of doing research, so you got your first coaching job at Win- Winona State University as the head coach straight away. Um, I mean, that's just diving straight into it. Kind of tell me about that process and how you got that job and, and you know, what did it feel like to be a coach? Yeah. So similar to, I guess, the recruiting process I took to play in college, it was just, again, reaching out to every coach that I could think of, because I really had no coaching experience. So I had nothing to really stand on to get a coaching job. So I was just trying to be a a graduate assistant or an assistant, Mm -hmm. just try to get my foot in the door and get some experience to eventually become a head coach. Right. So to be a head coach right away was an honor and a privilege, but also it was like you said, I was just thrown into the fire at 23 years old. I wow. had no clue what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it was a pretty cool experience, but um, I reached out to a coach that I had a lot of respect for. She was a, a female head coach of a men's and women's program up in Minnesota mm-hmm. um, at Concordia State University, St. Paul. Mm-hmm. And I reached out to her because I just admired her as a, as a strong female leader and you know wanted to be her assistant or graduate assistant or even do anything for free just to learn from her yeah um and she said i don't have an open position but i know someone who is and that was kind of how my first coaching job happened she knew that the winona state university men's program was Mm -hmm. looking for an assistant Mm -hmm. but i guess the women's head coach had just quit or or left the program Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it turned into a interview of, would you like to be the head coach? And I'm like, <laughs> what? Whoa. You're like, slow your roll. Like, yeah, like <laughs> I, I just want to learn as much as I can, but luckily, I mean, the men's coach, he, he asked me what my goal was. Mm-hmm. And um, I said my, I had every intention to become a division one head coach at some point. Mm-hmm. 
So he said, let's make you the head coach. That way, you know, you have that experience, you have it for your resume. So when you do go for that next job, mm-hmm. you have that. Sure. Yeah. I'm very appreciative that he saw that in me and gave me that opportunity to do that mm-hmm. and learn. So I guess that was the process of how I got uh, my first coaching job. Well, and I mean, just from hearing kind of how, how you are as a person, you know, you're you're a grinder, you know, you're a go getter. So it's almost like if somebody's going to do this job, it's going to be you like straight <laughs> out of the gates. You know what I mean? So um, but it's just really, really cool, though, to, you know, get that straight away, because I mean, coaching there's there might be a lot of universities in the country, but it's hard to get those coaching jobs sometimes. And um, so it's really cool that you're able to kind of, you know, find something like that right away. And um, just kind of tell me about being a head coach straight out of the gates. Like, I mean, and are actually even before that, you you were a player and then you were going to coaching. What was that transition like? It was a uh... In a, in a sense, kind of a smooth transition, because as a player in college, for whatever reason, I always kind of thought from a standpoint of if I were the coach, this is what I would do. Yeah, yeah, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, you know, I would just always think of, OK, if I ever have my own program, I would do things this way, mm-hmm. you know, so transitioning into a coach, I still had that same mindset mm-hmm. but in a way flipped in a sense of I'm always thinking of their perspective of Mm -hmm. my decisions and how I'm doing things, what we're doing, how does it affect the program? Mm -hmm. It's always from the standpoint of what I'm doing is always from the perspective of what is best for the program is what I'm going to do. Gotcha. As long as I operate from that standpoint, I don't think I could ever go wrong, Mm -hmm. but it was definitely a transition, you know, being 23, I was not far off in age from them mm-hmm. at zero coaching experience. So I had to create a boundary very quickly in a sense of, you know, I may be young, but I'm your coach. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's still, there's still that boundary I have to establish even now, but it's always been trying to lead and coach a program and, you know, have it be what you want it to be in a sense of it was a division two program, but I'm going to treat it like it's the top program in the country. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so mm-hmm. it's kind of how I operated the program. And I think it was different, but in a very good way because, you know, they felt like, okay, like it's a different kind of culture of let's, let's compete. It's not just let's go travel and it's whatever it's, we're going to compete. I don't care what level we're at. We're going to compete. And yeah. we're all the, a culture and and what we're about it's it was just exciting exciting for me to try to establish a culture and, and a program but I think as a young coach I just there were so many things I wanted to do mm-hmm. didn't really know how to do it mm-hmm. but I was grateful because they had no idea it was just very much trial and error gotcha. very, very much. like well, this word, how would this word, you know, how, how would they handle this? You know, it was just a lot of, yeah, just trial and error, but it was a very good learning experience for sure. I think it's cool that you said that you took it very seriously. You were like, we're going to go out there and we're going to compete, you know, whereas there might be sometimes where coaches are like, you know what, we're just going to kind of just cruise and do this, whatever, you know, but you were like, 
get on my back let's go like (laughs) we're gonna you know what I mean so it's cool Mm -hmm. that it's cool to have that mentality and that's somebody that I I would want in a coach so that's that's really cool to hear though thank you I appreciate that yeah and I mean something that I have found a lot with coaches is kind of the journey that coaches go on and the the reality of you know you have to go and find those jobs and you have to go to certain parts of the country you never thought you'd be at. I'm sure you never thought you'd be in Bakersfield, California from Omaha, Nebraska. Um, But I mean, just even from your first coaching job to, you know, your experiences before playing and stuff like, just tell me about that process and, you know, that reality, I guess, of relocating to kind of different areas and stuff. Yeah, I think, well, first I'll say I'm, I'm lucky enough to have a passion for something that you know, makes me want to move anywhere in the country just to do this job. Um, So I think that passion is what led me to just want to go anywhere for this job. Because my first coaching job, you know, I made $10,000 a year. Yeah, that's... For me, (laughs) I was like, (laughs) you know, most people would not blink an eye. They'd say, okay, next, what's next? Right. You know, but for me, it was... I just want any opportunity I can to coach mm-hmm. the opportunity to try to make an impact on a young person, um, not only as a golfer, but as a person, that was my why my purpose as a coach. So that purpose was enough for me to want to take a $10,000 coaching job in Winona, Minnesota mm-hmm. and know that whatever happens, I'm going to figure it out. There you go. And that's kind of what's, led me to Bakersfield too, in a sense. But I mean, as a coach, I think in any sport, you have to be willing to take any job, you know, or any, any level, any experience you can just to give you that experience to get, you know, what is next. Right. So I think that was a journey in itself. Uh, You know, I remember my first coaching job in Winona, I had to work, you know, two, three other jobs just to pay the bills. No kidding. Wow. Yeah. And but for me, it was just I was having the time of my life. You know, I'm I'm coaching. I'm doing what I'm passionate about and I'm learning. Um, obviously, a lot of really tough situations, you know, as a coach and sure. uh, learned a lot about myself as a person and leadership, because, uh, again, I was still such a young person. I'm still I consider myself a very much young person and I'm still trying to find my way as, as a coach and as a person. So um, it was definitely a formidable and transformational time in my life of this is real life. You know, mm-hmm. like you got to work multiple jobs just to pay the bills and yeah. you're responsible for 18 to 22 year olds mm-hmm. as a 23 year old. So it was definitely a reality check for sure. It's like, if you're really serious about this, like you've got to be willing to go through the fire. Absolutely. And it's, I've had other coaches say that same thing, you know, you got to take that experience to get you to that next step and stuff. And I mean, the experiences that you went through, not only the coaching and stuff, but like real life stuff, like you said, I mean, having other jobs, multiple jobs to pay the bills. And I mean, there's, yeah, it's, it, there's a lot of learning going on. And even to this day, I think we're, we're all learning every day, but um, mm-hmm. it's just, it's really cool to hear those experiences that you've been through. Cause it's just, I, I like you said, a lot of people might look at that, $10,000 for the coaching job. Yeah. You know, probably next what's next, but you're like, let's do it. Cool. Like I'll figure it out. 
Yeah. <laughs> That's great. That's such a great mentality. I love to hear that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, you're now at CSU Bakersfield. Um, kind of tell me that process of coming, you know, across the country and, you know, just coming to Bakersfield, California. I just got to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, again, it was kind of a a real life reality check uh, moment is kind of what made me decide to look for the next job. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was 25 in year two at Winona State University, and I didn't have health insurance. Um, And I was going to turn 26, and I I would not have health insurance anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was having some health issues, and um, I just couldn't really afford to work multiple jobs and not have health insurance with my health issues. Yeah. So that was the number one deciding factor that made me want to look for the next job. Gotcha. Um, whether I felt I was ready or not, I was going to look for the next one. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, um, again, it was just uh, applying for, I think I applied to maybe 20 jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, this was one of two that got back to me. Gotcha. And um, again, it was the same mentality as Winona. It was just coaching is my passion and I'm willing to go anywhere to do it. So when they got back to me and when I got through the interview process and they offered me the job before they even told me Mm -hmm. the the salary and everything, I said, yes, there you go. There you (laughs) go. Good or bad. I don't know. But again, for me, it was, this is the next step. You know, I was just so excited that, you know, I had that next opportunity and um, was just ready to, you know, take on the next challenge. That is so cool. Like, it's just that mentality of your like, you know, you it was something that you love doing. You're like, yeah, let's do it. And you're like, well, we haven't even told you like all that. It's fine. You know, I'm, I'm ready to go. Like, so that is that is so cool. And I think you got to have that as a college coach because it's just um, it, it's it's crazy. Some of the places that, you know, these college that you as a coach and other coaches go to, and it's just, it's a journey. So I just really, really applaud you doing everything that you've done. Well, thank you. And I'll, I'll share this. Um, I remember on my, my visit here to Cal State Bakersfield, the morning before my interview process with on, on campus, I remember I went for a walk outside my hotel mm-hmm. and I just remember looking around and I almost broke down in tears. Mm-hmm. I just had, again, the same gut feeling that I had when I went on my visit at Missouri Western, mm-hmm. I just knew that this was going to be the place that was next. Like this was my next opportunity. And this yeah. was again before the in-person interviews. Wow. So I just had that gut feeling. So when they offered me the job, there was no time to debate it was yes I, I just knew it so wow here yeah. and here you are that is yeah. so cool that is yeah. so awesome and I mean it's just like that's who you want coaching a program you know what I mean like somebody that is like knows they want to be there they have the passion for it like that's just it's great to hear that I think that's just so cool it was yeah so I was very happy I mean I just feel like I'm a big believer in that everything happens for a reason and um, yeah absolutely very much felt like that so there you go. And here you are. Here you are yeah, now. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> what have been some of the differences that you've seen from, you know, Winona State and Bakersfield? Yeah. Um, well, I'll say that, that I guess the similarity is that the same mentality is, um, you know, do the best you can with what you have. Mm-hmm. So that's been a similarity that's been kind of 
good for me because I have that same mentality of, hey, we're just going to do the best with what we have. Mm -hmm. Obviously, the caliber of players that we need um, and that we have is much different. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the culture that we're trying to establish is is the same, right? I'm whether I'm at a D3 or a D1 school, it's I'm going to treat it as if it was a, the number one program in the country. Let's know? go. Let's go. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, in a sense of, I guess there's really not much differences aside from location, you know, sure. and weather wise. I mean, when Minnesota was, you know, negative 20 degrees and snow on the ground every day. And now we're, you know, in, in my head, it's sunny California. So there you yeah, go. The number one big difference, I could say. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a lot different. I mean, having the you know white stuff on the ground, that's not really heard of in Bakersfield, California. So it's uh, no. I think you'll be uh, you'll you can steer away from being in snow if you're yes. in Bakersfield now. Um, yeah. But yeah, sunny California. Um, you know, it's just it, you're like you said. You know, you're in your second year at CSU Bakersfield, and um, you know, I just I I just really think it's the culture that you're really trying to bring there, and the mentality that you have as a coach. It's just I think it's just going to do really great things for the program. You know, having somebody like that as a coach, so uh, it's just really cool to hear um, your journey and kind of what you're wanting to do with you know the team at Bakersfield. Well, thank you. Yeah, yeah, and. Um, you know, what are some of your goals with the program? Like, do you, you like to set goals like in the next, you know, year or a couple of years or even goals for yourself as a coach? Yeah. Always got to be, you know, a year or two in ahead in your head. Right. Um, I think that the goals that I have for the program, realistically, I'd like to make this a top 100 program ranking wise. Mm-hmm. That's very realistic. If we can get a couple more good recruiting classes. Mm hmm. And eventually work it, you know, into being even better than, you know, just inside the top 100. I would like to, in the next, hopefully five years, you know, have this program have its first ever Big West Conference title. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's very achievable. And I think um, at some point I'd like to make a run at, you know, having a postseason appearance, whether it's regionals or eventually making a, a national championship appearance. While that may be way far out there, um, obviously baby steps, but I, I do realistically see this team as there's no reason why this team can't be a top 100 program and um, push for a, a conference title. So that's realistically what I would like to have happen for this program. Absolutely. Well, and it's nice to, I mean, obviously setting goals is great and everything like that. And even setting, you know, maybe those goals, you might think that be a little higher to achieve, but hey, it's it's not out of the equation. Like you just never yeah. know. And yeah. so it's, it, yeah, but that's cool though, to hear the goals that you have with the program. And um, I think you are the gal for it. Like you're, you're, you're ready to go. You're like, once again, just get on my back, ladies, let's go, let's put this work in. And you know what I mean? So it, it's, it's cool to hear that and the passion you have at Bakersfield. Thank you. I think it's an exciting time to, to for our program. I think, um, like I said, if we can just get a few more good recruiting classes, I think this team can do some really special things. Absolutely. I'm right there with you. And I'm looking forward to tracking, you know, your the ladies and just the results and stuff. So I was watching the golf stat. You're in Utah. I'm like, come on, you know. So it's uh it's really cool. That. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we're heading we're heading to the next section of the show here. I like to call it the ham and egg section. Um, just kind of ask some for fun questions, get to know you a little bit more. Um 
And, you know, something I really wanted to touch on is, you know, you're a part of an organization co-founded um, in the impact tour. Um, tell me about, you know, this nonprofit organization, you know, what, what, what's it, what's it all about and how did you get involved in it? Yeah. So um, I've always had, again, a passion for golf and um, I've always had this dream in my head of creating a nonprofit where I can provide equipment like golf clubs. I can provide, you know, teaching, whether it's a clinic or, or lessons to kids um, and providing access uh, to golf courses for kids that might not be as fortunate. Mm-hmm. Uh, golf is so expensive and golf has afforded me so much in my life um, in terms of experiences my career, um, again, some of my most valuable moments in my life has been because of golf. Mm -hmm. I just want to be able to give another kid, another person that same opportunity, Mm -hmm. whether they're going to fall in love with the game or not, just to, you know, introduce them to the game is what I want to do, you know, and in a sense, pay it forward to the game that has given me so much. So that was the vision that I had, I think, after I graduated college. It's something that I wanted to do, but I didn't know how to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and luckily, I had uh, my business partner that I co-founded the, the Impactor with. Yeah. Um, he supported our program last year, um, and we were playing golf one day, and he just asked me, you know, what my dreams were. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I talked about my dreams and goals with college coaching Uh, But I said, ultimately, my goal is to be able to grow the game in a big way. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to, again, create that nonprofit where I could provide opportunities for kids to play the game. And I didn't really know how, but luckily, he is a very savvy business person and he owns and has created a lot of his own businesses. Nice. He was like, let's let's make it happen, you know, and so we created the nonprofit and we uh, which is called the Impact Golf Foundation. So that's going to be where I'm able to provide equipment, lessons, course access to kids. Mm-hmm. And we're going to fund that through the Impact Tour. Nice. It's a golf tour that we are creating right now, actually. Mm-hmm. Nice. Nice. So, yeah, there's a lot kind of going on behind the scenes right now. But um, in the next year, we're going to have a golf tour um, that is going to, again, support, uh, the nonprofit to grow the game. Now you are just, you've got a lot going on, you know, just <laughs> a busy gal, but you know, it's, it's really cool to hear kind of the, the ambition, you know, the ambitions that you have and, you know, the goals that you have and your dreams and stuff. And, um, just truly like care about giving back, you know, to, to the game that has given you so much. Like I could tell, I, could totally relate to that as well. Like, you know, it's crazy what the game of golf can do for somebody. And um, so it's, it's pretty cool to hear your goals and stuff and just that organization and stuff. I think that's really special. That's, I think as a kid, yes, like golf is so expensive. So if there's any way you can help out kids or, you know, just somebody in the game of golf, that's, that's pretty special. Yeah. I remember growing up, I just had like, you know, use clubs, hand me down clubs. Oh yeah. Whatever we could find, you know, I didn't get my first pair of golf shoes till I was, I think, 12. And they were used, used golf shoes. But I was the the happiest kid. I was so excited to get my first pair of golf shoes. And yeah, yeah. You know, just little things like that, where if I can provide things like that to kids, that's that's what I want to do. 
Absolutely. That's just, that's just really special coach. It's, it's pretty cool to, to hear the passion that you have for the game of golf like that. And um, yeah, I just, hats off to you for everything that you've been able to do. And uh, I look forward to kind of the, the future as well for you. Thank you. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited too. Absolutely. And um, the next question here is kind of something that I, whenever I would go on college visits, my parents were really curious about, especially my dad and um, you know, being that parent figure for players and stuff on the Bakersfield team. And, you know, they come in as freshmen, like you're, you're, you're like kind of the parent figure for them. Um, what's that like for you, you know, with your players and having that maybe that responsibility a little bit? Yeah, I think uh, I take really great pride in that part of being a coach. Um, I think it's the fact that I just love my my players can attest to this. I really love kids, mm-hmm. nice. <laughs> I love kids but more so I just really care about people. And again, I just really take great pride in the fact that I have such a big responsibility and honor and privilege to get to lead young women from 18 to 22. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm I'm not their mom, but in a sense, sometimes I am. Yeah. And you have so many hats to wear as a college coach. You got to play, you know, mom. You have to play therapist. You have to play psychologist. You have to play everything. Yeah, yeah. But for me, it's it's fun. That That's the challenge of coaching is how can you serve them? How can you help them? What can you do for them, you know, to get the best out of them? And mm-hmm. I think for me, like serving them in that capacity, it's like, that's how I get the most out of them. When they know that I'm truly in their corner, I'm truly there for them as a person, not just, can you give me a good score? Right. Give me a good round. It's no, hey, what do you need? Mm-hmm. You know, so that part is fun for me. And I just love really that process of building a relationship with each player, getting to know them. And I guess just trying to be that parent at, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not far off from them, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's funny that you brought up um, having to wear multiple, like multiple hats because um, yeah. specifically coach Larkin at Santa Clara literally said that exact same thing. Like <laughs> you're, you know, you're the coach, you're the quote unquote parent, you know, dealing with anxiety with players. And I mean, there's a, mental stuff i mean there's a lot of stuff you got to go through so yeah yeah Yeah. i mean that was well said i think (laughs) and the hard part is you know again i'm not far off in age from them and i'm still learning myself so there are times where i don't have the answers you know Uh yeah and i'm still very you know early in my coaching career so i'm still very much learning and i'm lucky that i can reach out to a lot of my coaching colleagues and ask them like hey how would you handle this? How would you go through this? Because there are times where I don't have a clue. (laughs) (laughs) At the same time, you know, like I said earlier in the podcast, I always lead from, you know, what is best for the program? What is best for this person as a human being? Mm -hmm. So I think as long as I operate from that standpoint, again, you can't go ever go wrong. So again, never going to have all the answers, but um, it's it's definitely a, a good challenge and learning experience for me as well. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, you're going to do everything in your power to, if you don't have the answer, you're going to do everything in your power to find that answer and give that answer to your players. So <laughs> that's, uh, that, that's great, though, to have that drive and stuff for the coaching. Like I said, that's something I would want in a coach. And um, so I think I think th- they got the right person there at Bakersfield for for those players. <laughs> well, that means a lot. Thank you. 
Definitely. And um, from your years, you know, coaching at different programs, developing players, like what have been some of the biggest takeaways that you've taken that you've had from coaching and what have you learned about yourself? I think that's a very good question. I think um, one of the biggest things that I've learned as a, as a coach and as a person is, and something that I try to teach them is that it's so much bigger than golf. Mm -hmm. Like what we're doing, it's so much bigger than a, a round of golf, a tournament. And sometimes as a coach, I get so wrapped up in the outcome, the scores, disciplining players and trying to do the right thing and trying to establish a culture. I get so wrapped up in it where sometimes like I, I, I forget the big picture, you mm -hmm. know, mm -hmm. 18 to 22 year old kids, young adults. Yeah. You no. Know? And in my head, I know that everything I'm doing is trying to impact them and get them ready for what is life after college athletics. Mm -hmm. But sometimes I just, I try to preach it to them. And sometimes I don't get the message myself. <laughs> I get you. Yeah. You no, know, it's, it's, it's so much bigger. And I think this past week, was just a perfect example of that where, you know, yes, the outcome was great. It's what we've been working towards mm -hmm. to have a really good tournament. But what made, I think, our team so emotional at the end of the tournament was the fact that, especially our returners, a year ago, where the program was at, you know, we were at our lowest of lows mm -hmm. in many ways, not just outcome wise. Mm -hmm. And to see it come for full circle, you know, it was just a testament to like, it's the journey that we had been on as a team and what we had been through, you know, relationship wise with, with each player. It's, it's, it was so much bigger than golf. It was so much, it meant so much because of what we had been through as, as a program. So I think that's my biggest takeaway is you can't get so wrapped up in, I guess, the outcome or the nuts and bolts of it. It's these are human beings that you have a responsibility for. Mm -hmm. As long as you are taking care of the human being first, the outcome will always take care of itself. Absolutely. That's well said. Well said. I think that's <laughs> it's just really cool because um, you know, I've I've had experiences, I've had other people tell me experiences about coaches that might be taking it a, a bit too, you know, like serious, like, ah, oh, you're like, what are you doing? You know, you're not shooting the scores that you know you're that you're that you're capable of when yet. You know, it's kind of bigger than golf. You know, at the end of the day, this is just a game we play. But um, it, it's cool, though, to hear that that's something that um, that you try to instill with your players. And even though, you know, we might all get caught up in the in the reality of, you know, being result driven in the performances, you know, we're all not perfect. So um, but it's nice to hear that you instill that at the program at Bakersfield. And that's something that you that's something that you've learned from your experiences. Mm -hmm, absolutely. Yeah. I always tell them they're a, a person first and an athlete second. So there you go. Yeah. I lead from that and myself too, because sometimes I just get wrapped up in it. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's stressful. I'm sure it's stressful, you know, doing, I mean, you're, you gotta be doing a million things a day, you know? Yes. So it's just uh yes, she says, yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> no, but you're more than capable of doing it. So you're, you're doing great. Keep it up. <laughs> And I'm really curious about like, whenever you're doing your recruiting, like, what do you look for in your players? And, you know, what, what do you focus on? Like, like you said, you know, you, you send a video during the recruiting process, like whenever you're getting, you know, whenever you're trying to do your recruiting, what's something you're looking for with players? 
Yeah, um, you know, right now in the early stages of just trying to turn um, our program around, right now we're looking, I'm looking for, you know, who can perform. Mm -hmm. That's what's going to really get me to, you know, want to have a conversation with them. Sure. But more so beyond that, you know, once I find, you know, the caliber of players that I'm looking for, it's who you, who are you as a person? Mm -hmm. What can you bring culture wise to our program? Because you can be our number one player, but if culture wise, you're a cancer to this team, it's just not going to work out for anybody. Yeah. So it's, are you a leader? You know, how do you handle adversity on the golf course? Are you, you know, I'm all for passion on the golf course, but my players can attest. I, I don't put up with, you know, vanity <laughs> or slamming clubs. Like that's just a no-go for me. So yeah. it's huge for me to to see in a player when I'm recruiting, how do they handle themselves on the golf course? Whether they're playing well or playing bad, I want to see it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, how do they treat their parents? How do they treat, you know, anyone else on the golf course? Um, just who they are as a person and, and making sure that culture wise and, and character wise, there's someone that you're going to want to spend time with because you're with them mm -hmm. every day for, yeah. you know, almost four years, like 10 months out of the year, you're with them. So right, right. you got to make sure that they're the right fit for not only you as a coach, but for your players as well and, and what you're trying to create. So more than anything beyond score, it's just character is that, that huge aspect that I look for. Absolutely. Cause like you said, you know, you could be the number one player, but yet if the team chemistry or something is going to be, you know, it, it, like, like a cancer to the team, it's like, you just, you don't really want to bring that, you know, bring that player on, you know, because it's, oh. you, I mean, you're, I can tell, you know, you're a big culture person. You want to make sure that, you know, everybody's meshing well, because that's what, that is what's going to make teams better you know what i mean and make 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 good teams i guess so um yeah that's it's cool though to hear kind of what you look at in players and stuff because it's i mean if i had any sort of insight on you know what coaches were looking for as a junior player so it's cool to hear what you look for during the recruiting process and um do you have any advice for like junior golfers out there that are maybe going through the recruiting process or maybe from your experiences of coaching like what what do you think junior golfers should be doing or could help them with? I would say just compete as much as you can. Um, you know, on a surface level, I like to see kids that are competing a lot because mm -hmm. that tells me that they are committed, they're disciplined, and they're serious about their game. Mm -hmm. They're going out of their way to just compete in other tournaments. And in my opinion, just competing in tournaments, that's what makes you better. Mm-hmm. So uh, I encourage any junior golfer to just compete in tournaments as much as you can and get really clear on what it is that you want academically in college and what you're looking for in a program. Mm -hmm. uh, because more than anything, it's it's their decision. It's, it's their not only next four years, but it's what's going to set them up for what is after that. Right. So they've got to get really clear on what it is that they want. Um, culture wise, academically and, and everything. So I think I just encourage them to, yeah, do their homework too and compete and, and, and make the decision that's, that's best for them. I, those are three great things that junior golfers should be paying attention to, because 
Obviously, you want to go somewhere that you're really comfortable at, seeing if they play in a lot of tournaments so they know that they're committed and competing and do your homework because you could be, (laughs) I've known players that are some of the best players I've ever seen and they just have no grades and they can't go anywhere and you're just like, Mm -hmm. it's just tough. So that's great advice for junior golfers out there. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, That's that's great stuff. Um, Next one here is kind of, you were a player at one point and now you're a coach now. Um, you know, now that you're coaching a division one program, you're out on the golf course a lot, you're seeing people hit shots. How do you how often are you playing? Like are you out there grinding at all? Or I mean, what what's that like? I wish. I wish <laughs> Let me tell you, every time we're at a tournament in a practice round or competing, I'm like, I just want to tee it up right here, right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think every time in practice, I'm either bringing my clubs, like chipping with them, practicing with them, or mm-hmm. they'll attest to this. Their clubs go missing because I'm always <laughs> grab a club because I need to have a club in my hands to just chip or putt or just, you just know, just to lean on maybe <laughs> anything, you know, I just, I'm always just wanting to play, mm-hmm. but so there's always that drive. It's never really gone away. Um, I just think with coaching right now it's that's the priority and um yeah yeah so there's not a whole lot of time to play but whenever i get a chance to to tee it up or or play with them sometimes i i will do that yeah yeah you got to you know it's 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 i've had people on that say you know it's tough for them to get out of that playing phase but then yet it's also i've heard the other end of happy to hang the clubs up you know so it's a uh, it's always interesting and i think a lot of people might think that college golf coaches especially it's just like ah well you're just you're out there with them why can't you just go out there and you know tee it up but it's so much that goes on that there's just a lot not a lot of people know about so um it's uh, it's cool that you're able to you know touch a club and clubs (laughs) go missing in bags and you're chipping you know practice i could see right now you know practice rounds you're over there just like yeah you know just hitting a couple chips and maybe you're just messing around a little bit yeah absolutely you got to yeah. You got to, I mean, it's an addicting game, so it's, uh, it's tough to get tough to get away from it. So it is. yeah, they uh, always say, coach, where's my club? Where's my, <laughs> where's my wedge? I'm like, Oh, I've got it. I've got it right. You're good. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Keep on going. <laughs> yep. That's good. <laughs> no, that's great to hear though. And, um, we're heading to the last question here. I always like to kind of ask about, you know, people that have supported you in your golfing career and even your coaching career and stuff, you know, so I don't know if there's a group of people or person that has really inspired you to be the person slash coach you are today. Um, I think really it, it kind of started with my parents. I really credit everything to, to them. Mm-hmm. They've really made me who I am today. I mean, I remember growing up, my dad worked two jobs at a time mm-hmm. you know, just to be able to help us get through school and put food on the table. And he never once complained. It was just, you do what you have to do for your your family and, and the people you care about. Mm-hmm. And my mom was the same way. Um, she was very um, hardworking as well. I mean, she was in dental school when I was still a, a very, when I was still pretty young and still working all day. And again, they never complained. They just did what they had to do for who they cared about. And yeah. faith was a very big part of my my parents. And um, I think those two things have just kind of made me who I am today. It's just always having a very strong work ethic. You know, I take really great pride and always trying to be the hardest worker in the room yeah. in anything I'm doing. And yeah. 
at the end of the day, always just having a strong faith and giving the credit to to God for all my blessings, because I, again, would not be here without hard work and my faith. So really, I've been blessed with a lot of really great opportunities. And I have my parents to thank for really showing me and demonstrating, you know, the most important things. It's your family and again, working hard and having a good faith at the end of the day. There you go. You know, it's really cool to hear the um, majority. I've, I've told numerous people this about 99% people, you got to shout out the parents, you know, this, <laughs> they, they've been there since day one. And, you know, and it's, it's really cool to hear how strong you are in your faith and stuff. And um, so it's just, uh, it, it's really cool to hear the people that have supported you and that will continue. I'm they're going to support you no matter what happens in your life. So, um, but it's cool to hear everything that they've been able to do for you. And it's always nice to give, I'm sure you give them a, you know, a ton of credit and love, but it's nice to shout them out even more when you can. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, they've yeah done a lot for me. And even now in the coaching world, I mean, there's a lot of coaches that I lean on and ask for help. And so uh, lucky in that, in that regard that, in the coaching world, everyone's very supportive. But like you said, at the end of the day, it's um, they've been there from the beginning. So absolutely had to shout them out. <laughs> you got to. Yeah, you got yeah. to. Yep, yeah, you got to. But uh, yeah, it's just it's it's something that they're, they've been there since day one and they're going to continue to support you no matter what. And it's nice to have, you know, nice to have them. You can just give them a call and say, hey, you know, how are things going and stuff? <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, that'll wrap up this week's episode of Scrambling with Delonado Coach. Thank you so much for coming on here and just hearing your journey and experiences. And I'm excited. I'm excited for not only you, but the program at Bakersfield, the, the gals over there. And just, uh, yeah, I'm really excited for you. Well, thank you. Again, I appreciate it, your time today. And it was a huge honor and privilege to be on your podcast. And just happy to know you and wish you all the best with your podcast and everything you have coming up. Thank you. I appreciate that, Coach. Hey everyone, thanks again for listening to this week's episode of Scrambling with Dylan Otto. Just want to let you guys know I create an Instagram for the podcast called Scrambling Podcast. You can head over there, follow for updates on the episodes, as well as material that I'll be talking about in the episodes like videos or photos. So you can check them out there and get a little more insight on the episodes. Thanks again for listening and have a good one.